you going to be on drafted? I don't think people realize just how many people are coming on over these three days. It's nice to know that our general manager actually has a plan. I'm ready. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Jets have four picks in the top 40. This just might be the most important draft in New York Jets history. I can't believe this is our third year doing this. I know. It's like the guest list that we have is anybody and everybody is going to be the biggest one of them all. So it gets bigger every single year. It's awesome. I love it. I can't wait for it. <laughs> That's awesome. Welcome to Talking Jets. My name's Ryan. I'll be your pilot tonight. Boys and girls, I'm so excited to have you here. I have my co-pilots, Greenbean. Greenbean and Matt O'Leary. Boys, how you doing tonight, Greenbean? I'm going to kick it to you first. Well, I'm glad you did because, boy, oh, boy, am I in high spirits. I just got home from a seven-hour road trip from Staten Island, and I couldn't be happier to be here home with you guys right now mr matt o'leary how are you doing tonight i'm doing excellent that i gotta tell you that draft video got me all kinds of hyped up it's only nine days away let's get it dude yeah. i don't want to say uh anything too vulgar but my pants got a little tighter when i saw that video <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> amazing i loved uh, it i like that that was well said, Ryan. Right? I got to give it to you. Got to keep Pretty it a good. little PG-13 occasionally. Uh, boys right. and girls, if you're just hopping into the stream, make sure you hit that like button on the way in. For every 25 likes we get, we're going to pick a qualifier for our t-shirt giveaway at the end of this stream. Uh, so, guys, we are just, what, what are we, 10 days away now? Is that what it is? Is it 10 Nine. days? Nine days away. Ugh. Nine. Amazing. I feel like it can't come soon it. enough. I'm getting to that exhaustion point where it's like every mock draft I read or video that comes out or like, you know, blog post. I'm like, I've seen everything. I hate everyone. <laughs> I just want it here. I just want uh -huh. to know the answer to these damn questions. I don't know. Are you guys suffering from exhaustion yet, Greenbean? I am. Um, I really am. Uh, I think, you know what? You know what? Like, this is the thing that bothers me the most. I feel like, most people that we try to discuss things with are completely closed off. So you only get this bombardment of the exact same idea over and over and over. And when you go, huh, I was looking at this, maybe this, there's no conversations anymore. It's just a bunch of brick walls. So yeah, I think I've, I'm about at that point. Like I still like to explore, like there's nine days left. I still like to look at guys that maybe we haven't looked at and consider things. And I think most people that I run into, whether it's on Twitter, on YouTube, whatever it might be, are pretty stuck where they're going to be. There's very little consideration anymore. So once it gets to that point, I start to get like a little bit less into these attempted conversations. Like I just want, I just want draft night at this point. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Matt, what about you? How are you feeling about this exhaustion we're all feeling? Yeah, it definitely does feel exhausting. I think that's a good word to use. Uh, and Greenbean's right. Like, everyone's stuck in, in their way. Like, you're not changing anyone's mind at this point. Like, no matter how many times that, you know, you want to make whatever point it is on whatever side of the argument, uh, you know, that you're going to make. Like for, like, for instance, like, I know 
myself and green bean don't necessarily see eye to eye on everything in that this draft which i i think is more than okay i like the conversations that we have about it and i like his perspective but not everyone's green bean not everyone wants to have that conversation it's you suck and i can't believe you think that uh most of the time on, on the <laughs> internet but i hate uh, you yeah um so i'm looking forward to that being over for sure so i'm going through uh some little notes here that i saw and i i just caught this one uh, apparently per adam schefter san francisco would pay debo samuel today tomorrow and the next day it's not hard to figure out what the contract would look like uh, this, I think, is Debo not wanting to get a deal done. The 49ers are ready. Debo's the one that's put a halt to everything for right now. Uh, that is from Adam Schefter on ESPN. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting Very. stuff. You know, I, I'm sort of in this weird limbo of, like, wanting to trade for an established wide receiver, but also not wanting to give up all our picks. <laughs> and I, like, I, I want... Yeah. I like the lottery ticket. The, the uh, It's like that Peter Griffin family guy... Uh, interaction that they're having where they're like, okay, you could have the boat or you can have the mystery box. And Lois goes, we'll take the boat. And Peter goes, wait, wait, wait. But what is in the mystery box? It could be a boat. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> let's take the established wide receiver. But man, oh God, what do you think we got to give up if this is like any sort of true green bean? Uh, I want your thoughts on, on this comment that Schefter made. Well, that's interesting. I actually didn't see that. Again, I'll remind everybody, I've been in a car for seven hours. It's only supposed to be a five-hour trip. So it was traffic almost from Staten Island all the way down to friggin' Virginia. So I just was, I was closed off. So it's interesting to hear this because I think it might, like my first thoughts are, maybe it has to do with what he was saying the other day about the racist and, you know, comments and death threats that he's getting from surprisingly the San Francisco fans. I thought he would say from Jets fans uh, attacking mm -hmm. them or something like that. But it turns out that uh, he was alluding to the idea that he might not be exactly psyched about the comments that he was getting uh, from supposedly San Francisco fans. So maybe that has something to do with it. But I previously, I thought it had to do with the Niners not necessarily wanting to pay him the 25 million, which is just so surprising to me because I feel like when you draft a player, what you're hoping for is that they can become successful. And now it's almost a foregone conclusion that when their rookie contracts are up, a lot of guys are, a lot of teams are looking to move these guys so they can start over and let this guy go who's going to be expensive. And that to me seems, it's just a little bit surprising. It seems like it's happening more this year than in years past. So I'm surprised to hear that it's the Niners that want him and Debo that could be putting the brakes on it. Yeah, that we've heard a few uh, wide receivers, specifically McLaurin, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and Debo Samuel, who are holding out of their respective team uh, exercises, wanting new contracts. So those are all names that are going to wind up popping up. They've removed stuff from social media, all that good jazz. Matt, what do you think about this comment from, uh, from Schefter? Yeah, it definitely was surprising because more often than not, it's the team that doesn't want to pay up and the guy just wanting to get paid here. But um, I don't know. Um, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Like, I don't think it's something we should dismiss. And, you know, it's the perfect time for a move like that to happen if they were to trade a guy like Debo Samuel. Now, if I'm the 49ers, I wouldn't do that. Guys who put up 
you know, what was it, 1,800 all-purpose yards and 14 touchdowns don't grow on trees, especially ones who are just entering their prime now at 26 years old. Um, so I think he's an extremely versatile piece, and I think he's worth $25 million a year. But if clearly there's something you know, off there in that relationship, then I, th- I think this is absolutely something that Joe Douglas should consider. Now, do you guys have that same kind of weird fear as me? Like, you give up the picks for a guy that's going to want a monster contract. Is that like, should we be doing that? Or should we just be like, hey, we're looking towards the draft right now. Let's just, you know, handle it that way. Is it going to be something that happens when players are maybe on the board? Like, would it have to happen before the draft? Would it have to happen draft night? It's kind of kind of interesting to see. Greenbean, what are your, your thoughts on when a trade could happen if it does? Well, you know what, though? I, I have to say that number one i'm with you i want to keep the picks and i know that the guarantee that somebody we already know they can produce at a very high level in the nfl is worth something it it clearly is at the same time i want to believe that my organization can work the system in such a way that we know how to use the resources provided by the NFL to build the teams that can last a long time and have those rookie contracts and just know which players to take in the draft. That's what I want to see. I don't want to be the team that has to go out there and try to take these quick swings on, you know, and and overpay guys to have one and two year windows. Like that's exhausting to me. So I really want the picks, especially like that Tyreek Hill trade, which was pick 35, 38 and 69. So again, it would have left us going from pick 10 to 111 without a damn pick. And that to me is, is frustrating. Now, if we would have done this a month ago, Sure, but now getting this close to the draft and we're, you know, we're expecting to have these picks, I would have to tell you I would be frustrated and aggravated, even though I, I would like the rumored players like a Debo Samuel or a DK or an A.J. Brown. I just want to use my second-round picks, man. That's what I want this year. Matt, what about you? Are you feeling any sort of way on, on trading for a receiver versus keeping the picks? So I think it's a, definitely an interesting conversation that uh, it, it's there's a lot of gray area. It's not so much black or white for me, but um, I, I will say this for using Debo as the example here. Uh, there's a player who is just entering his prime now. It's not like you're trading for a 30 year old receiver. Um, and I think that uh, you have all this draft capital that you've you know, got over the years from all the different trades you've made and stuff like that in order to make a move like this. You have cap space in order to make a move like this. Uh, I don't think there's one way to build a team. Yes, your core has to come through the NFL draft. Everyone knows that. But I do think that in today's NFL, you have to do a good job in weaponizing both your cap space and draft assets in order to get guys in for agency and via the trade too to continue to supplement your roster. Um, so I see the fear of, you know, trading the draft assets and having to pay, you know, $25 million a year, let's say for a guy like Debo Samuel. But when your rookie quarterback is on his rookie deal, that's the time where you're, you're able to do that in four years. Hopefully you're paying Zach Wilson, 40 plus million dollars a year, or whatever the hell it's going to be four years from now. But right now he is making pennies on the dollar compared to most quarterbacks. And I think you should build your roster up around him. So I, I would I would pull the trigger on it. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see what we do. You guys better hang out with us on draft night. <laughs> We're going to have plenty of things to talk about. Uh, let's jump over to some super chats. Gabe, I didn't see a message with that, but thank you so much for the $5 super chat, brother. Uh, Philip 
drops in. Let me resize this bad boy. Philip says, is there anyone that we haven't talked about drafting that if we drafted and be uh, that if we drafted would be like, why didn't we think or why did we think about him? Why didn't we think about him? Um, anyone that we haven't talked about. So oh, I think the guys. Geez. Yeah, I would say guys that we haven't talked about. I, I'm taking this as the first round more than anything else. Uh Guys we haven't talked about in the first round that could sneakily be a pick. Uh, someone like, you know, an offensive tackle. Like, not Icky or Neal. We're talking someone like Charles Cross, someone like uh, Trevor Penning. That really, like, we've talked about senior bowl-wise, but I feel like kind of trailed a little bit further off. I know I haven't spoken too too much about Penning uh, myself. That's probably where I'd lead. Maybe one of the defensive tackles early might be another potential thought process but i don't know Greenbean, do you have any players that you kind of are, are thinking of as far as you know would be kind of odd if we took them and and we were like oh wow i can't believe we didn't think of that yeah well i think you brought up some good ones like i don't think we've talked to any great length about charles cross or trevor penning um but i also think the defensive tackles that i mean i don't look at that group as a weakness i would like to see us fortify other areas and um you know if we're gonna get one like get one later but the truth is is that they might see somebody like a um you know like like a jordan davis or a or a wyatt or any of these guys they might view them as the best player on the board and we could conceivably see one of those guys coming in because again they're part of the pass rush too so if you have a defensive tackle that can provide that and, you know, be a part of that Sala 30% rotation thing that he likes to do. We could see one of those guys come in. Now, do I think it's likely? No, that's probably why we haven't talked about it so much. At the same time, I think it could happen. And we could be, even in the second too, maybe a Perion Winfrey or for Darian Mathis or one of those guys. We don't talk about them much, but I think that they are in play, man. Matt, what about you? Are there any players that you can kind of think to and say, huh, we haven't talked about them, but maybe they could be a pick? Um, at four and 10, I, I think we've kind of exhausted most of the options, but like in a trade back scenario, I think that could open some things up. Cause I don't think like it's out of the realm of possibility that they move either pick four or pick 10 and move back. Like I could totally see Douglas doing that. Um, and if they did, maybe a guy like, like would Zion Johnson fit that bill? Like, I feel like we haven't talked about him a lot, but he's someone who could play center or guard. So that would, maybe that would be like hey, we moved back from pick 10 and we drafted Zion Johnson at pick 20. And now we're going to say, okay, we can move on from uh, Connor McGovern and we're going to play Zion Johnson, who we got to see at the senior bowl play center. Um, so maybe like something like that. Like I'm trying to think of things like off the board. I feel like we've covered a lot, but that would be a little bit different, I think. Yeah, Zion Johnson's one that I, I've brought up with a trade down scenario. I think the Jets definitely like him. I think the positional flexibility is absolutely huge for this organization. And I'll go so far as to say I think Zion Johnson will be the player taken to play center ahead of Linderbaum. I think there's going to be a little concern over his weight, and I think there's going to be teams that like the positional flexibility of Zion Johnson. Not to say that Linderbaum's a bad player by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I think, right. Matt, you hit it right on hit the nail on the head right there. Uh, maybe we discuss like a, a linebacker a little more. Uh, realistically, like I, I think Nicobe Dean in a trade down could could happen. I think Devin Lloyd in a trade down could happen. 
Um, it's going to be fascinating to see what winds up happening because there's a lot of ammunition, and especially if the Jets trade down with, say, someone like the Steelers, and you get a lot of like middle-round picks in conjunction with maybe a wide receiver and a first next year, then there's a situation where you have an excess of picks, and now you don't feel bad trading for Debo Samuel because you're not really losing all those picks that you had accumulated over the course of the last two years. Uh, so that was a really good thought. Great question, Philip. Really like that. Uh, Cowboy Spaceship comes in, says, My dream first round would be Thibodeau at four, Jamison Williams at ten, trade back up for Cross, Johnson, or Linderbaum. Um, I don't think Cross or Johnson is going to make it further than maybe like pick 12 or 15. I would be very surprised if those guys fell that far. Linderbaum, I've started to see a lot more mock drafts falling where I think a lot of us felt center probably should go. Uh, and that's like tail end of the 20s, early second round. So if there's a situation where he's really starting to fall and maybe he's just before that Bengals pick at 31, uh, maybe you consider, you know, jumping up just in front of him to get that. I, there's a lot of talk around Thibodeau right now. So I, th I think Thibodeau and Jamison Williams, those two players are probably the most exciting players at two at our two biggest positions of need. And I think they strike fear in the hearts of other teams coordinators like other players wouldn't. Like Jamison Williams to me is the only wide receiver I really want to take at number 10. Uh, Thibodeau is one of five edge rushers that I really like, but I do think he has a, a particular dynamic um, where it's just, he's got the star power. It's, I don't know. There's something about him that is just fascinating to me. And I could see defensive court or offensive coordinators being super frustrated with this guy. Uh, Green Bean, your thoughts on Cowboy Spaceship's mock draft. Whoop. You're Volume. muted. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, Tibbs, Jamison Williams. That seems to be what a lot of Jets fans have settled on, right? We see that all mm -hmm. the time. Uh, trade back up for Cross Johnson or Linderbaum. Yeah, well, I liked what you just said. Like, if, if, if Linderbaum's there at pick 30, and that's a guy that you are hoping, like, if you, if the Jets are comfortable and confident enough, if he's at 35, we're taking him kind of a guy. And you can get up there for maybe a fourth. You know what I mean? Maybe your second, fourth mm -hmm. round pick if you could jump up. I could see that happening, man. I mean, like coming out of the draft, the first round, I mean, with, you know, a player like Thibodeau, who's arguably the best edge rusher in the draft, Jamison Williams, outside of the injury, would more than likely be wide receiver one on most people's boards. And then to get the center, um, that is number one on most people's boards. If you could walk out of that round, with those three players, I think it would be worth the fourth and it could be really, really valuable, man. Cause like, again, we don't know what they'll do with Connor McGovern, but at least have that battle or maybe you trade Connor McGovern for a third or a fourth, or you get the fourth back later, something along those lines. I think it could be incredible. And that would be exactly where um, I see it because I wouldn't necessarily want to see them do that for Charles cross. I like a few tackles later, but Linderbaum, I think is far and away the most uh, valuable center in the draft. And if you could do that, man, fourth round pick, jump up before the Bengals, because he's not making it past them, in my opinion. I think that's their target if he's there. Yeah, and the Jet Nation mock draft that I was a part of this year. Uh, oh, you did I it? Was, I did it this year. I was the oh, Bengals nice. GM, uh, and I took Linderbaum at 31. That was I thought that was a great move by me. 
I yeah, pat it's a lot of fun. Back. Oh yeah. This is the first year I haven't done that in probably I think maybe four years. I haven't done it. Yeah, it was uh, I I couldn't, but I loved it, man. I love doing it with those guys. It's well run. It's really well run. It's one of the best mock drafts I've ever done. The best. It's yeah. super frustrating for me because I don't have notifications turned on for for certain apps, and when I'm working and doing stuff, like I probably got auto picked at least two times. It might have oh, been three. I, which is all right. It was later. Like I like I got my guys yeah. in the beginning part. And what sucks is yeah. I took Weidermeyer in like the second round prior to him like imploding. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh damn it! I was like, yeah. I can't believe I did that. I th- I, or maybe it wasn't the second round. It was probably the. It might have been the third round. But it, it was one of my earlier picks, and I was like, God damn it! I can't believe I did that. Uh, yeah, Matt, your, I know, your thoughts on uh, Cowboy Sorry. Spaceships draft? Sorry about that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do. I do like it a lot with Thibodeau F4. I mean, I just think it makes a ton of sense there. Jamison Williams is, is so exciting and yet also a tad bit scary for me. Like the injury thing it scares me because we've been burned so many times by injuries. Like there's a little bit of fear there, but he is such an explosive player where if Joe Douglas and the Jets feel comfortable enough to take that risk, then it, like I get it, man, just because of the the speed and the deep threat ability that he would add to this offense would be insane. And then, yeah, with, I mean, you have nine picks. You don't necessarily have to take nine players in this draft class. Again, you could package some of those guys to move up and get a premier player like Linderbaum. If Linderbaum's your third first rounder, then I think you did something right uh, in this draft class. So I'd be all in on that. I love it. Yo, it's Vin says anyone uh, think anyone in the current roster makes the Pro Bowl? Yes, absolutely. Let's go around and say one player we think will make the Pro Bowl this year. I'm going to say Elijah Moore. I think the the, actually, no, you know what? AFC is loaded. I'm going to say Elijah Vera Tucker. I'm going to say AVT is is my guy uh, for this upcoming year. Green Bean, you got a a player on our roster that's going to make the Pro Bowl? Yeah, I think this is going to be a good year for us. I think this is the first year we start to turn it around and raise some eyebrows. That's what I think. Um, I think ABT's a slam dunk. He's a very, very good chance to be one. I also think Elijah Moore, if he stays healthy, uh, is going to be in that conversation. And I also would like to think that Makai Becton is going to be a Pro Bowl tackle right, this bro. year as well. Matt, how about you? I love those answers so far. I'm going to go on the defense, though. I'm going to say Quinn Williams. It's a huge year for him. He has to prove it yeah. on, a, on a contract year, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he uh, wants to get hashtag paid and puts up some big numbers this year. Oh, God, I hope we get Lawson as a pro bowler. That would just be so magical mm-hmm. for us as well. Yes. But, yeah, dude, Quinn yeah. is a great, great pick on the defensive side of the it ball. Is. There's some good ones in the chat, too. What about Lakin go- coming over and being another? Yeah, yeah. entirely possible entirely possible uh omar drops in he says kt at four london at 10 come back into the first round by giving up pick 35 to get linderbaum and at 35 get george pickens imagine london pickens Corey davis and denzel mims i'm so against double dipping wide receiver in the first two rounds like i i I understand why people are saying it because it's a 50 percent bust rate in the first round so why not you know, hedge your bets, take two guys with top tier talent and then just kind of, you know, see what happens. One of them should pan out. And worst case scenario, they both pan out or, well, I guess worst case would be both fail. But um, ideally, you know, one of the two would pan out. But I think you have to draft as if those players are going to hit. And then in the, you know, fourth, fifth round, that's when you start double dipping for guys that 
provide insurance policies. So for this particular draft, uh, KT at four, London at 10. I am so confused about London because he provides such a unique skill set, but he's not someone I want to run the risk of drafting. Like I think Jamison Williams, like speed is going to win nine times out of 10. Like if you're just faster than the other guy, the other guys can't catch you. With London, the contested catch rate and him being able to bully defensive backs in the, the pack conference may not translate as well uh, to the NFL. Now he does use his big frame. He can box guys out. So there, there, there's lots to it. It's not just as simple as I'm kind of making it seem. Um, but then, yeah, moving back up, giving pick 35 and say like a fourth to get Linderbaum and then Pickens. I would say if this were my draft and I could get KT at four, I might be looking, if I'm planning to go Pickens in the second round, I might be looking like a tackle or a corner at 10, depending on who's there. Um, and then you get Linderbaum. Oh, man, that would be good. It's so weird trying to play like the, the oh, if I get this guy in the second round, what would I do in the first round? Because you already know what's yeah. going to happen. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on this uh, mock draft here? I agree with kind of what you just said on a lot of things, really, that you just said. Um, I Double dipping in the first two rounds, the Jets can't do that because they need to find four starters in the first two rounds. Those top 40 picks, they have to be starters. Um, so, and like, if you're taking, let's for this example, London and Pickens, then you have London Pickens. He mentions Corey Davis and Denzel Mims, but he doesn't mention Elijah Moore and Braxton Barrios. How many goddamn wide receivers are you going to have on this roster? Like, yeah, I, I want to yeah. take I want to take a receiver early. Like, don't get that misconstrued. But I want to take one, and then I want to also add an edge rusher, a linebacker, a safety. Like, there's other things that I think you need to attack. Uh, and I think you hit it perfectly on London, dude. Like, there is a lot of upside there with the size, with him being a nice red zone threat, but. I, I don't know if it's going to translate at the next level. There's a little bit of that fear for me. I would even feel like, I know this is a hot take at this point, but I would feel more comfortable with Traylon Burks over Drake London still at this point, even yeah, after yeah. the combine. Um, it's just the contested catch, big body receiver. Maybe it's because we've been burned in, in years gone by where I, I have that fear, but I don't know. I'd rather Garrett Wilson. I'd rather Jamison Williams and I'd rather Traylon Burks over Drake London. Greenbean, what are your thoughts on this mock draft here? Well, let me just say something. I, I I want to agree with Matt there. I know, like, we've taken some time and we've explored all these different guys and scenarios, but I have to say, I really think I'm settling on Traylon Burks being one of the three guys that I hold in the highest regard that I think are the most likely to hit in this draft. I, I think I like Traylon Burks a lot more than his dip after the combine. And um, anyway, that's kind of my guy, I think. You know, I do like Garrett Wilson uh, a whole bunch, but I think Traylon Burks, in my opinion, might be the one that ends up hitting uh, and becoming that that long-term wide receiver. Um, so KT at four, London at 10, come back into the first round, give me 33, and get Linderbaum. And at 38, get Pickens. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm with you, Ryan. I just, I don't feel the need to double dip at wide receiver with two of the top four picks that we have. We have four top 40 picks and, uh, and we're going to use two of those on one position. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like that's the way to go. We, again, we're going to be moving to 12 personnel. Uh, we brought in two tight ends for that. I would rather see them get a running back than a second wide receiver there. 
Um, that's just my my thoughts on it. And again, as much as I love Pickens, his injury history scares the hell out of me, man. Because again, we can't forget who we are. We are the Jets. If we don't have bad luck, we have no luck. And that's the way it goes. So um, he just he freaks me out too much to be the guy, even if we did consider double dipping at wide receiver. Yeah, I can completely understand that. Guys, if you hit that like button on the way in, uh, or if you've been hanging out and you want to just hit the like button, hit the like button, because for every 25 likes we get, we're going to pick a qualifier for our t-shirt giveaway at the end of the stream. We've got Pig Birds, uh, Pig Bird Jets Fan, Jets Gang, The Jets Show, and Yo It's Vin as our qualifiers uh, for the end of the stream. So just hang around with us. Uh, even if you're not actively commenting in the chat, you still have an opportunity to uh, be qualified as well. So make sure you listen uh, for that as we go. Our buddy Mumtaz drops in. What's up, dude? Uh, he Yo. says, if from today's Kuiper McShay alternating mock scenario occurs and the top three edge rushers are gone, Hutchinson, Walker, Thibodeau, now do we t still take Jermaine Johnson and Karloftis uh, they better be better than Sauce and IK. So I didn't see this, but let's talk about it. So the, the three edge rushers are off the board. Um, is that a doomsday scenario for the New York Jets? I'm not so sure it is. Uh, I think you could still take Sauce, which I think is a, a fine selection. I think you could take Johnson or Karloftis, which would be a fine selection. I think you could definitely trade down. I think that's probably where I might be thinking. I don't... I'm not sure if I like taking edge at four, like the fourth edge rusher more than I like the hall of picks, I think I can get from the Steelers or saints to leapfrog the Panthers. Um, mm. yeah. And I don't necessarily know where I would go with edge like that. That does scare me a bit. Um, and then I think I would just hope playing the, the, the math game because you're thinking at five, the giants are going O-line like we like for trading out of four. That's a quarterback. At five, it's an O-line. Six is either O-line or quarterback with the Panthers, I think. Seven is probably a corner or a safety to the Giants. I think eight to Atlanta could either be a wide receiver. I don't know. They're, they're a tough one to kind of hammer down. And then Seattle could be a corner or an offensive lineman. So I do think one of those edge rushers will still be there at 10. Um, I would probably look to trade out if that were me. Um, Greenbean, what are your thoughts on this particular situation? Well, again, um, you know, we've talked about this a bunch, but we don't know that Joe Douglas has Hutch, Walker, and KT as the top edge rushers. I mean, we assume that. But uh, we don't know how much of this stuff with Trayvon Walker is smokescreen. We don't know uh, if they even like Hutchinson, if they think that he's going to struggle going to a three- or four-point stance. Uh, mm -hmm. for the larger portion of his uh, of his play with us being in the 4-3. So we don't know that. They might have Jermaine Johnson or Karloftis ahead of some of these guys. So assuming for just a second that those are their top three guys, like you just said, Ryan, would I prefer to get the number four edge rusher over, say, a Sauce Gardner or a Kyle Hamilton or somebody that could be the absolute best at their position in the draft? Maybe not, but I do want to just tell everybody it's not necessarily broken down like that for them. They have guys in tiers. They have them with rating systems. So let's see. You know, let's say they one to ten. 
if they have Karloftis, Jermaine Johnson, Kayvon Thibodeau, Hamilton, Sauce, all all at 10, just as an example, all at 10, two of them are gone, but you still have an edge rusher that to them is just as good as the other guys, then yes, take them because that's a position of priority. So again, it's hard for us to know exactly where they have these guys. If it broke down that way where now we're looking at a guy that we don't like as much, I'm going to tell you right now, they're not taking him. And they would consider the, the trade back or they'll, they'll take best player available. They're not going to leave the top five with a top 10 player. They're not. They're going to leave the top five with a top five player or a trade worthy of moving back. So I think that's that's the confidence that we can have in this regime, that they're not so stupid as to just uh, panic and 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 make the wrong move. Matt, your thoughts? Um, I'd be very happy if this was the case because my edge five would be coming off the board. I picked number two, which is pretty phenomenal. Um, but yeah. I, still, I, <laughs> I think if this were the case, I think the Jets would take Jermaine Johnson, um, who I like a lot as my edge four. I prefer Karloftis, but I don't think the Jets or most of the NFL does. Um, but I have Karloftis, um, Jermaine Johnson, Aiden Hutchinson, and Kayvon Thibodeau all as players who probably should go in the top 10. So I'd be more than fine with any of those guys at pick four. Um, and I get like the saying they better be better than Sauce and Iki Aquanu. But I, I mean, you're just you're creating a headache for yourself with Iki Aquanu because then you have to decide, are you moving on from Makai Becton? What are you doing with George Fant? And then if you take Sauce Gardner, then you're taking someone that we like a lot in Bryce Hall and saying, all right, you're no longer a starter for us anymore, which right. I think Sauce went out the window when they signed DJ Reed. Um, I like Sauce Gardner. I think he's a great prospect. I like Iki Kwanu. I also think he is a great prospect, but I think Edge is so much more important to what this team needs and is looking to do. And I like those two players enough to where I am comfortable taking either one of them at four. Yeah, and yeah, this I is where Matt – see, now Matt mm -hmm. just stopped himself, but I want to tell you guys, I know Matt pretty well right now uh, these days, and I want to tell you, he just stopped himself from saying the Jets should take Kyle Hamilton at, in this scenario. I want you to know. <laughs> I, I felt it coming, but he stopped himself. It was right there. It was on the edge of his tongue. I, Dude, I'm, I'm almost – the same thing you just said about Sauce is the same thing I'm kind of thinking about Icky where I was planning to plug him in at right guard and then have him as a fallback for the tackle position if Fant yes. doesn't get re-signed or if Becton, you know, something happens. I don't love the idea of going icky just because the, like, you're if let's say you'd probably be moving on from Fant. You're probably not re-signing him or you're trading him for like a mid-round pick or something along those lines, maybe a third if you can get it. Um, but Fant was such a good pass blocker, blocker. I'd be kind of worried to plug in a rookie guy that projects as maybe a right guard potentially or as a guard in general uh and then also sort of struggled a little bit in the pass protection game like that's definitely his weaker side of his blocking uh in icky so it's something to, to keep in mind for sure uh gabe drops in gabe says break from the draft talk what are five what are your five favorite jets since 1988 minor in no particular order nick mangold alan fanica curtis martin wayne corbett chad pennington um in no particular order, Wayne Corbett, Curtis Martin, uh, Nick Mangold, oh, God, Darrell Revis. Um, God, I'm sure I'm missing. I, I'm going to say Barrios. I I love that he took less money this year. What? I, I, know, I know it's weird. It's wacky. I, I, I was at a, no. at a loss 
I was going to say Cromartie. I like Cromartie too. I don't know. Green Bay, who, who would you pick? Uh, well, Gastineau was still on the team in 1988 and was having himself a pretty good year right. before he quit on us for Brigitte Nielsen. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Mawai, Mangold, uh, Chad Pennington, Curtis Martin, uh, Wayne Corbett. I loved Keyshawn when he was here, man. Loved him. Uh, I also liked Chris Ivory a whole bunch. I wish that guy could have stayed healthy. Uh, but, yeah, there's a lot. But I would say that batch, uh, Mangold, Mawai was so freaking good, man. He was so um, violent. I remember him just clubbing so people good. with that wrapped up arm. Yeah. <laughs> just wailing on dudes. Yeah. I love, you know, like Al Toon, Wesley Walker, those types of guys, man, um, are also a big, big part of it. But they were a little bit before that, but they were still playing. I also was a big Dennis Bird guy, uh, too. So mm. I'm going to stick him in there. So those are my 24 favorite players. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, tell us what four players other than uh, Bilal Powell would be on your favorite list. <laughs> yeah, Bilal's on my list. He was going to make it. I knew Bilal. it was. I knew he was. Uh, Sean Ellis also makes my list. It's Love Sean one. Ellis. Um, Curtis Martin, Wayne Krabat, and um, man. There's some good ones in there. I, I guess I'll go. I'll go Revis. I know that's a little bit of a chalk answer, but ah, it's that's good, ah, dude. It's it, it's hard off the cuff because I'm not like yeah. <laughs> I'm not prepared for this sort of thing. I should be. Uh, Albert drops in. Albert says, "Is it true Jets like Traylon Burks?" I think they do. I think it's a matter of where they like him, though. I don't think they like him in the top ten. I think if he's there at 35, they would pull the trigger on him. Uh, Green Bean, what do you think? I'm sorry. What was it? If, uh, Traylon wait, Burks. what was it? Yeah. Do the Jets like Traylon I, Burks? Yeah, I think they do like him. I think, uh, again, I, I, like I said with Chris Olave, I find that they're, they're like the quietness around certain guys speaks louder to me than all the hype around guys. I think they, I don't know how they couldn't like Traylon Burks. He's fantastic, man. Johnny drops in with a $2 super chat. Thank you, dude. Nice. Didn't see any comment in there. Uh, we got Justin Rivera says, sup guys, just like Elijah Moore last year, what first round talent drops to us at 35? So I'm going to give two names that I think have a shot to fall to 35. Uh, and it's Linderbaum and Nicobe Dean. Um, good answer. I mean, look, I could see them both go top 20 too. Like that's the weirdest thing. And I think Matt, you might've said it last week where there's <laughs> 45 guys that are first round draft picks <laughs> and there's only 32 picks. Uh, so, Matt, I'll, I'll kick this one over to you first. What talent do you think drops to us at 35? Both great answers from you, by the way, with Dean or Linderbaum. And you're right. Like, they, would it stun you if they go top 20? No. But could, would it stun you if they were there at 35? Also, probably not. Um, I'm going to go Daxton Hill. Um, I think he is someone who ends up being there at pick 35. Uh, I've seen some love for him at the end of the first round, but... Man, I think he would be perfect for the Jets. A safety with some speed that can cover to go along with Whitehead. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty nice. Who was that, Matt? You? Daxton Hill. Yeah, Daxton Hill. I like Daxton Hill so much. Um, I like the Dean answer. I've been exploring that for a little while now, whether or not he could realistically slide to 35. It happens all the time, man. Guys that should not be there are there and like Matt just said he I could be I could see him going in the top 20 I could see him sliding a little bit uh, that would be fantastic I think a lot of the wide receivers that people are fawning over like a Christian Watson I think he might be there 
uh, in the second. And I also think that maybe uh, Kenyon Green might be there. Um, he's been, you know, and that would be an interesting one. I mean, I know our guards are kind of manned right now, but that would be an interesting one to see slide. If Christian Watson is there at 35, I'd be very comfortable taking him there. Not so much at 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't want to pull the trigger on him too high in the first round, but I do. It would be interesting to see Kenyon Green because he's someone that I would have considered in a trade down scenario, like down to like 16 to 19. But I have seen him fall a bit to the second round and he's played every position across the offensive line. So it's definitely a, an area that would provide versatility across the board uh, for sure. Uh, we got Daniel. Daniel says, do we really want Debo? I feel like he's a product Uh of McDaniel. Uh, I don't know. It's a product of the exact same offense we run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but look, is is so there is some sort of thought process in the idea that why did Debo go off after LaFleur left? Like why couldn't they figure it out before? You think that was the the answer? You think it was the all the health? Yeah, well he was pretty good as a rookie. He had like he had over 800 yards as a rookie, and Mike Lafleur was right. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean the second year. How many games did he play again? Uh, his second year, he only. I'm looking at it right now, but I uh, said he has 33 receptions. So he had a second year dip, like so many guys do. But like Matt said, 57 receptions for 802 yards and uh, three touchdowns is not exactly a bad rookie season, man. So again, I think it's just you know. It's his third year. A lot of guys, you know, they are finally comfortable in the NFL. It takes a minute sometimes. Um, but I wouldn't say that it's specifically as a result of Mike LaFleur leaving and McDaniel taking over. I think that's overthinking it. Uh, Andrew Yale drops in and says, So looking forward to this draft already, what are your dream realistic picks at 35 and 38 if we get edge and wide receiver in the first, presumably? Jet up. All right, so edge and wide receiver are taken care of. I'm hoping for Jaquan Brisker and uh, probably N'Kobe Dean. Whoa, what's up? All right, we're going to get that in just a second. Let me let me finish this question, then we'll jump over to you, Mr. Studios. <laughs> All right. Uh, Greenbean, what would your what would your top uh, realistic dream scenario be for 35 and 38? I just said N'Kobe Dean and yeah. Jaquan Brisker. I would, you know what my dream scenario would be? So if we go edge and we go wide receiver in with the first two picks, 35 and 38, I would love if a Boye Mafe slipped, doubling up on edge, making sure that we are, you know, that we're taking care of that and then grabbing the best linebacker on my board. If that's Leo Chanel, if that's Chad Muma, if that's N'Kobe Dean, if he slips, um, I would love to see us get a high quality linebacker in here for once. Um, and go that way. But I'm I'm a big fan of the double up at the edge position, especially because of the strength of the class. And if guys are there, like Boye Mafe and a lot of other draft classes would be among the best in the class. This is a super strong edge class. So I think getting another kind of first, you know, quasi first round guy in the second round would be really good. And especially because we don't know what the hell Carl Lawson's going to be. And just having that rotation with guys that could be the premier guy just coming in all day, every day, killing people, I would love it. Matt, what about you? What's your dream scenario for 35 and 38? 
Uh, I think I'm going to go with Daxton Hill, who I just mentioned at 35. And then I'll I'll go... I'm between two guys right now, but I'll go Leo Chanel at linebacker. Um, I really like him a lot. I think his speed would be exactly what this linebacking core needs. Um, and he's just a tackling machine, man. So I, I desperately think they need linebacker help, which I hope they don't sit on because they like Quincy Williams too much. I, I think it's more of a pressing need than they are letting themselves on to believe. A Blab Studios with a big dick super chat 50 bucks thank you so much brother really means a lot uh you know what i probably should have <laughs> read his his uh his comment first ab lab see that's it's it's like we were talking about with jets talk right jets talk jet stock <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's the whole wordplay thing it's all right i suffer from it too uh ab lab here what's up ryan and matt hey green bean any news on the petition to get metlife field redone let us know well, that's not, it wasn't me that was going to start it. I'm going to try to help support it and everything. I guess I could. That was a Frankie from Flatbush and a couple of my beanbaggers. Uh, they were talking about making it official and trying to support the request from the um, Players Association that they want all the fields in the NFL to be grass. And I would love it, man. Um, but I was not supposed to be the spearhead ab lab. I was going to be... Uh, some muscle behind it, if I could say it that way. But no uh, progress. <laughs> you think that field should be redone? Um, Sure, but I don't want grass. Like, I've seen people say they should convert it to grass, which I feel like we're going backwards if you're doing that. Uh, I, I, if you want to redo turf, sure, but uh, I don't want a grass field at MetLife. I really mm. like our turf right now. I've, I've walked on it a few times, not that I've ever played any sort of athletic activity on it, other than me like juking out someone to go get a beer. <laughs> That's probably about it. <laughs> um, I would say I would, if they do, I, see, I'm on the side of like natural grass if they were to redo it. Cause I think the, the rubberized turf is awesome. It's great for replay. It's great for speed. Like running on, on this rubberized turf is so fast, but there's not enough give to, prevent certain injuries but i'm not necessarily sure it's creating the injuries that people are kind of saying it is uh so interesting interesting all the way but ab lab again thank you uh lane cactus has been a member for 16 months he gets a free super chat if you're a member of the channel each month uh you get a super chat so his says y'all see debo's brother say that he wanted to be traded so if you guys don't know i read the uh adam schefter bit i was trying to figure out who the person was above it uh and it was taekwon samuel responding yeah, you know who that is the you other know who taekwon day samuel is i tried to look him up is that he it's looks like well i know it's his brother that's what we're talking about here no <laughs> but to, well that's actually debo's real name taekwon taekwon his, but he's talking to his brother or some shit like that. I forgot. I had it. What Not the hell? I just, know. I wrote his. Sorry, so, I'm, uh, I'm all over the place. All right, so Taekwon is Debo's actual name? Yeah, I got it somewhere. Hold on a so second. So he says, don't worry. Like someone says, trade him. Then he says, don't worry. We're asking for a trade with two crying face emojis that are like laughing. Um. So I don't know. I don't know. Is that like you got two little angry emojis? <laughs> next to it for people that reacted to the comment um 
yeah, let's let's make yeah. it happen. Let's bring him to New York, baby. Okay, that's his brother. His name is Taishan Raquan. That's his name. Taishan Raquan. So that's his brother. Ty- so that is Taekwon. his brother, yeah. Yeah. Interesting, Wild. right? Yeah. It's fascinating to see what winds up happening. Don Tiki drops in, says, underrated, great Jets I've seen in my life. Leon Washington, Dustin Keller, Thomas Jones, Lavernius Coles. I love all those guys. Dustin Keller, I wish had stayed healthy a little bit longer. I think he would have been uh, really, really good. I loved Thomas Jones and Leon Washington and Lavernius Coles, which like, just hit me right in the, the warm and fuzzies in those, like, what was it, early 2000, 2004, whenever that playoff run was with... Was he on the team with Santana Moss when he returned that kick against the Steelers in the playoffs? I, was Lavernius Cole still on the team when no. La, when Santana Moss returned the kick? No, he oh, wasn't. In 04. Was 04. So when did we lose Coles? 03? And then we brought him back in like back 06? Oh, yes. Yes. I think you got it now. Yes, I'm thinking it's 03 and 06 is the difference. <sighs> That's crazy. I, yeah, I did like him a lot. Um, Green Bean, any underrated Jets in your lifetime? Oh, so many underrated Jets. No, just, uh, just pick one. Uh, Pat Chafee. That's right. That sounds like a fantastic that. name, and I have no idea who that is. Matt, That's right. how about you? People underrated do. Jet. Um, Bilal Powell is definitely a good one. Um. David Harris, I feel like, is maybe not underrated by Jet fans, but just underappreciated as an NFL player. That's yeah. I mean, the fact that he had as many tackles as he did and didn't make the Pro Bowl is pretty pretty fascinating. Um, God, if I had to pick one, underappreciated Jet, Mo Lewis. That's a good That's one. Well, guy. he's underappreciated because he knocked out uh, Brady, That's right? right? <laughs> knocked <laughs> so out Bledsoe. He, Bledsoe, yeah, that's yeah. right, to lead yeah. the way for Brady. Um, all right, that was a good one. Adam S. says, does draft stream get to 2,000 viewers, 1K last year? I think we were up to – we. I don't. do we break 2K at one point? I think we were close. It was like right around 17 or 1,800 for a little bit, but we were like not looking at the chat. We were trying to focus on like what was happening in the stream. I think that might have been the Elijah Vera Tucker trade-up was mm-hmm. when people started going bananas. Um, yeah, and you were in the bathroom. I was in the bathroom. Yeah, I was like, oh, I got plenty of time. And then I'm like, chairs empty. And you guys are like, Ryan, we traded up. What's going on? I was like, oh, geez. I come back. I was like, holy smokes. You could see it. You could see it. I think we're going to get there. We're going to get 2,500 this year. We got enough Jet fans that are fired up. I think it's going to happen. Who we got up next? We got, I always pronounce this guy's name wrong. Charon. Why not? Uh, Thank you, dude. He says, Will be, or they'll be a wide receiver run before our 35th pick. New Orleans, Green Bay, Philadelphia, Kansas City, Dallas, all needy. If we want a starter, not a project, we need to go at number 10 or get back into the first. I completely agree. And I think you you definitely have to jump in front of at least the Chiefs and the Packers. I think if you can get up into the mid-20s, there's still enough um selection of players that i would really like like if you're not getting jameson williams in my opinion everyone else is sort of clumped together and i and i understand that people still want to clump jameson williams in there because of the injury but like i don't think any other receiver is that much better than the guys that might be available at 35 anyway but i would trade back into the first one 
to get the five-year contract and two, to eliminate some of the competition because I do think teams are going to try and jump in front of 35 in front of the Jets to get a wide receiver knowing we have not taken one at that point. So I, I would jump back into the tail end of the first. Matt, what are your thoughts on this comment? I agree with it a thousand percent. That's why I'm so nervous about waiting around to pick 35. Um, and I think with pick 10, maybe the only team that you could say could go wide receiver in front of the Jets would be Atlanta, but that's not even necessarily a lock. They can go edge. They could say Kyle Hamilton. Um, but you're, but he's 1000% right. There's so many teams in the, in the teens until the Jets are back on the clock. You could even add, um, the Chargers in there. It wouldn't stun me to see them take a receiver either with Keenan Allen getting back up there in age. I got to make a comment uh, about the chat. Uh, I guess someone said, who said Ryan reads like Ron Burgundy? Cause that was effing spot on. I'm Ron mm -hmm. Burgundy? Question mark? <laughs> yeah, look, that's, that's me. I can't read a teleprompter. Uh, Greenbean, your thought on wide receiver before pick 35. I'm not worried about it. You know what I mean? Every year. It's the same shit every single year. People freak out. If you think that more than five wide receivers are going to go in the first round, I got news for you. You're incorrect. That's my, I think there are going to be plenty of guys. Jahan Dotson is going to be there. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I disagree. You don't have to I, th agree. I, th I think I'm you see all you. the wide receiver contracts this year. I think teams are going to take them in the first round. Teams nope, like Kansas City. Because they're not like the best Greenberg. players. They're not the best players, man. Okay. It's just that simple. You're everybody knows that you're going to get wide receivers with their second round pick and third round pick that are just as good as the guys that everybody's talking about up top. Yeah, but when you're paying thirty million dollars to a wide receiver, just like you were talking, you think five? Okay, so I'm going to say, do we at know most. what the record was? I, I remember at one point I did a video, and I don't think it was this year. I think it was last year on the record for wide receivers in a first round. And I think it was six. So normally I would be with you, Greenbean, but I think because of the contracts, I'm probably a little more on the side of, I think we might see a run. I, hmm. 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 Let's go through. Five. Yeah, let's see. Gar who, okay. Garrett Wilson, Wilson, first round. Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, Jameson Williams, um, Drake London. I think a lot. I was going to say, I think Alave definitely goes. I think Drake London, Olave. as long as teams aren't like really afraid of like the ankle or anything, I think he's got the talent to definitely go. Burks. Uh, I don't know about Burks. Burks feels to me like he could be yeah. top of the second. Go either I way. Could see, yeah, either way. Yeah, I could see him go either way. I could see, I could see Dotson go either way. I could see Watson, Watson. go either way. I'm going to tell you the first Five. round wide receivers. This is it. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Maybe Traylon Burks, Drake London, Jamison Williams. That's it. You might see one switch one way or the other. Guys like David Bell, Jahan Dotson, George Pickens, Alec Pierce, Justin Ross, Romeo Dubs, Sky Moore. They're all going to be there in the second. All of them. Every Interesting. single Interesting. last one. Interesting. I like, look, I yeah, like I a lot of receivers in this. Too. Yeah, I think I like a lot of receivers in this class. And I think my fear is more like so sure. along the lines of like, I don't know if the Jets have a particular set of skills that they're looking to acquire from this draft. And if you do have a few guys you like, how much is it going to cost you to jump up to like pick 28, 27, somewhere in that ballpark and maybe eliminate two guys from going before your 35th pick. So it opens up your selection a little bit more. Like, is it worth to get 
Like, is it worth it to give up maybe a fourth round pick to get the guy that maybe you covet that you think might not shift down to 35? And I understand Greenbean, you like a lot of talent, but that's kind of where I'm at. I don't, not sure where to go there. I mean, yeah, I'm just not worried. There, look, the the difference between these guys is not so drastic. You're not looking at a Jamar Chase to, mm. you know, the guys in the second round. It's just there's – I'm telling you, the talent is very jam-packed, and you're going to get very similar talent in the second round. Again, man, when you look back at all the wide receiver drafts, let's say the last five years, the wide receivers taken in the second round – are just as good, if not better, than a lot of the wide receivers taken in the first round. And it's it's going to be the same thing this year. I'm not saying that I'm anti-taking a wide receiver in the first. If that's their best player on the board, by all means, go ahead and get him. If they see one guy, you know, that's light years, uh, you know, leaps and bounds better than the next guy, grab him. Grab your best guy. It all's, it all is, uh, It's all relative to that. But at the same time, if you think guys like Sky Moore and Jahan Dotson and Wandell Robinson, um, that they're not going to have the same impact as a Christian Watson. I know they're different players, but I'm just talking about to their teams. Then you're sadly mistaken. It happens every single year. Look at the guys we're talking about trading for this year. Three second round picks, man. And Tyree Kill is a fourth round pick. So, again, we're talking about D.K. Metcalf, second-round pick, A.J. Brown, second-round pick, Debo Samuel, second-round pick. We're talking about trading three picks for these guys and paying them $25 million. Three years ago, they were second-round picks. So, I'm just that's how I see it. Now, can I be wrong? Of course I can be wrong. But the idea that the wide receivers are so good in this draft class that – Eight, nine, ten teams in the first round are going to see those guys as the best available player on their board. I disagree with that. That's just that's how I see it. I think the tackles, this is an edge class. This is a mm -hmm. defense class. This is a defensive tackles, linebackers. Like there are so many players that they're going to be able to grab there that are going to be better than wide receiver four or wide receiver five, especially when they know wide receiver seven or eight is going to give them the same output. I just don't see it. I could be wrong, and we'll we'll be together. We'll talk about it, but I see it uh, very, very differently because I'm looking at data from the last bunch of years, and I'm looking at this draft class when you compare RAS scores um, to you know combine output and everything, and what they were able to do on the field. They're they're very compressed talent wise, man. And uh, it's not that they're not good. I think that there's going to be plenty of wide receivers in this draft class that end up having. Uh, good careers, and I would like to get at least one of them. At the same time, I'm not worried. I wouldn't panic and, and grab one in the first unless I thought it was wide receiver one and wide receiver two was uh, a, a whole different level downward. So I guess my thought process is, do you think the wide receiver you take in the second round is holding out? Like, let, let's say best case scenario, wide receiver that's holding out in round that you take in round two is holding out after three years. Is the wide receiver that does well holding out after three years because their rookie contract can now be renegotiated? Or do you get the benefit of that $15 million savings by just trading yeah. a fourth round pick to get in there? Because that $15 million savings could give you an extra year of Carl Lawson or another elite player at $15 million. So it could, like, but now me, the, the, the fourth round pick doesn't bother me. Four. Well, yeah, they can hold I mean, out after year four, but that you. You hold, yeah. you give yourself an extra year compared to these guys like Debo and Metcalf and McLaurin and and you know everyone else. Yeah, no, that's beneficial. Totally, it is, it is. 
It has benefit, but is that is is five years down the road a potential holdout or you know you know whatever a potential uh, salary, uh, a higher salary is that is that so important four or five years down the road that you're going to take a guy that's at a lower tier than who's on your board? Well, I don't think you would trade up for a lower tiered player. I think it would be, hey, there's going to be a run on receivers possibly in this next, you know, few picks. We can give up our fourth round pick. You might be giving up someone of the caliber of a Michael Carter. You might be giving up someone of the caliber of a Cam Clark. Uh, But you're jumping up to give up that player to get your guy locked in for five years with your quarterback. Right. Um, Yeah. And that's and that's totally that has to be considered. Again, that's if you think that going from. Uh, hypothetically, Traylon Burks to a guy uh, like a Christian Watson, who I think will be there in the second round, or an Alec Pierce, if you think that there's so such a gap that using that fourth-round pick is overridden by the talent, you know what I mean, to go up there and get it, then absolutely. But again, I just don't see wide receivers as being the best player on everybody's board. It's a premium position, and that's going to accelerate it somewhat, of course. At the same time, I think that they're going to look down and see – Devontae Wyatt, Jordan Davis, Kenyon Green, Ma Linderbaum, and they're going to go, how the hell can I consider taking wide receiver four or five or six or seven over those guys when they're arguably the best at their position in the draft? Uh, I just, I don't know. I find that to be um, difficult to swallow. That's all. But then couldn't you say the same thing like about having a second year quarterback and saying, I'm willing to settle for wide receiver six or seven? Um, to see if our guy's the answer or not. Ooh, uh, no, well, no, 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 no. I didn't mean it like that. I no, like, I genuinely want to have this conversation. Yeah, no, yeah, I think it's important. No, well, when you, it, it all comes down to how you see the talent. Now, if you think wide receiver three and wide receiver six are on the same tier and they're the same, you know, you, you'd be fine with either one there. Are, they, you have them rated at the exact same tier then why would you take a guy at a you know another position let's just say for argument's sake linebacker who's the best on your board and at a higher tier than both of those guys see it doesn't fall down to wide receiver it's not as simple as the fourth best wide receiver the three wide receivers taken before that might be wide receiver 6 7 and 8 for you so you could be looking at wide receiver 1 so it's not as simple as the fourth guy taking his wide receiver 4 I'm just saying I see the wide receiver talent in this draft class as at, at a lower tier than a lot of the other positions. I'm going to find it difficult to, to, to think that they're going to um, they're going to grab wide receivers at, you know, later in the round that when you're going to see guys like Devin Lloyd, like Kenyon Green, like Jordan Davis, who are arguably the best at their position and are probably going to be at a higher tier. Now, the you know, the only thing that could ruin that is like what Ryan's talking about is that wide receiver is a premium position and it's blowing up right now. That could get the silly GMs to overreact and it happens every year too. So I could see that at the same time. I think it's going to go. Uh, I think it's going to go the other way. I think that teams are going to look and they know damn well who they could get. In the second round, look, after Debo, A.J. Brown, and all those guys that I just mentioned, look at the last two years. We got Elijah Moore in the second round, okay? He's he's potentially one of the best wide receivers in the class. Now he's got to stay healthy, so we don't know. But the year before that, we had uh, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, uh, Claypool, all those guys. You know what I mean? So it's like these guys are studs. In this draft, they may even be considered higher draft picks 
than the guys that we're talking about in the first round this year. I just, I, I know what everybody's saying with the position. I get it. And it's a position of need with us. I don't see the wide receivers as the best players on the board. That's where I struggle. Matt, you got to get out of here. Yes, oh, uh, no. my, I do. But my, fi my final thing um, will be this. And um, I just, for, for me, I do see a drop off um, in the first, between the first five receivers and then the next batch a little bit. So my fear would be losing out on one of those guys. I think Green Bean brings up a lot of good points. And yeah, in years gone by, there has absolutely been some great value in the second round. Um, I just think with this, importance of making sure you have it right with your quarterback. I don't want to risk it with wide receiver six or seven in this draft class. I would rather risk it with my wide receiver one or two and go from there. But as green bean mentioned, yes, you can find value in the second round. And would it surprise me if any of these second rounders turn out to be good players in the league? No, but I just, I personally can't get around to um, taking that risk. And that's just, that's only my perspective of it. Yeah. And I get it. And I totally get it. And it yeah, I'm with you. I get it. You're out of here. <laughs> I love that chicken, dude. It's, it's the great. Best. It's the best. You're out of here. Matt, any last words for our panel? Love it. Back at it again. And then, listen, you guys got me for the whole draft. So I'm not leaving any time on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. So hope you don't get tired of this face. Oh, dude, I can't <laughs> wait. Brother, thank you so much. You have been. Come on. Ejected. Ejected. <laughs> from the talking jets panel all right let's jump over here let's switch up some uh green bean wham wham bam thank let you let me say this too there are guys in the chat right now like this is one of those things a lot of jets fans feel really passionate about this wide receiver thing this year this is where i get into the most arguments right all because i'm being uh i'm being open-minded to more than one line of thinking that's all this is but there's people in there saying that um, I would say Denzel Mims would be wide receiver one in this draft class. Let me tell you guys something. While I don't think he'd be wide receiver one, if you don't think that Denzel Mims, if he was coming out this year with his college production, his senior bowl performance, and his RAS score and combine performance, if you don't think he's a top three wide receiver in this class, easy, potentially wide receiver one, you're fucking drunk. You're drunk. Okay, I'm just telling you, look at the actual <laughs> stats. Look at what's going on. Look at if you don't think he's a top three wide receiver, if he was coming out this year with and everything was the same when to, to when he came out, he's top three wide receiver in this class without question. I disagree. How, how tell me why? Tell me why you I, disagree. I, I honestly I think he falls into that weird mix. You could say he's a first-round pick. I thought he was a first-round pick in that draft, but I didn't think he was better than CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy or Ruggs. Right, me neither. Or, right. or Jefferson. Like, you know, and then you probably right. gotten to the, the point where you, you start talking LaVisca Chanel, Denzel Mims, Chase Claypool, Van Jefferson. Um, I think T. Higgins was somewhere in that conversation. Like, those guys, to me, feel like the Pickens, Watson, Dotson, sort of like tail end of the first top of the second same conversation um i would say this this draft is not so top heavy aside from williams um i don't know look i'm with you i i think wide receiver in the second round makes the most sense i'm just concerned that there could be a run on receivers and i could see teams trade in front of us 
at 35 totally. knowing that pick is going to be receiver like it's if we don't take it one at be. four or ten yeah. it's a hundred percent going to be the pick at 35 yeah. i'd be shocked yeah. if it wasn't yeah well i'm um, look again we're just talking about the denzel mims thing if you look at all the stuff coming out i don't think he would be rated higher than cd lamb or jerry judy or uh john or um i'm sorry justin jefferson of course not but none of those three guys are in this draft class who is a six foot three wide receiver with over 60 catches a season and his college uh and in, in, in college more than one year of success lit up the senior ball practices actually had a decent game in the senior bowl and runs a four three eight forty and had a nine point seven five RAS score name find him in this draft class find him for me he's not there he does not exist in this draft class so this Watson draft class is probably while, the that's Watson's probably the comp I yeah think. yeah 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 but again, look at, you know, he's got his own issues, but that's a good, that's mm -hmm. the one guy that could be compared to him. And I, again, I don't think uh, when you look at Watson's, um, who he's played teams like Albany teams like uh, James Madison and, and all that, you know, and he hasn't had these, uh, these really great games or, I mean, he's solid, you know, he's solid, a lot of yards, but um, anyway, Watson is, uh, I like Watson a lot more than I like a lot of the other guys, but again, um, I don't see Denzel Mims in this draft class. So maybe he's not number one, but he's top three. No doubt. No doubt, man. That And that's what, when when you can look at something and, and objectively say that, when you look at the realistic, not my feelings, I like this guy, I don't like that, That has that's all inconsequential. When you look at what they've done coming into the NFL, there is not a single guy that outshines Denzel Mims in this in this. Uh, Maybe Jamison Williams. That's the one guy. But again, he's coming in with a torn ACL. So I'm just telling you, man, if I can say that, and I mean that sincerely, um, that's that's why I feel like I feel like this wide receiver draft class, while there's going to be good guys in it, I think more guys are going to end up busting in this draft class than, than, we, than we normally see. Just using a first-round pick on a wide receiver doesn't mean they're going to be great. doesn't matter. Sure. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I... I where I disagree, I do think this receiver class is deep. I don't think it's necessarily top heavy, but I would say there's a lot of guys of maybe the Denzel, Claypool, Van Jefferson uh, potential. So so if you want to say maybe he's towards the top because of that, all right, I'll, I'll I, I see you. Mumtaz drops in says, why are people not distinguishing between outside linebacker and edge anymore? If, uh, to me, if Arnold Ebekete, I'm going to pronounce that wrong, and Boye Mafe, both outside linebackers are available in the second round, we must get one and let Quincy Williams be in rotation. Also, Leo Chanel, inside linebacker. Yeah, I, we, I think linebacker would be a nice position to snag in the second round. Like, if we, if I had to pencil in, like, legit starters, and you say Thibodeau at four, you say Jameson Williams at 10, and then you can somehow get like a, uh, you know, your top end linebacker, safety, something like that. I, I would go that route. For me, I'm looking edge more than I'm looking like an outside linebacker per se. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I know Green Bean likes Boye Mafe. So yeah, any I do. thoughts here? Like, do you, what do you think of Ebikete? Oh, I love it. Yeah, Ebiketti. I like him a whole bunch. He's another one who had a really solid combine, man. He looked so smooth and fluid. Like when you watch their combine drills, the great thing about uh, the linemen 
uh, particularly defensive linemen uh, combine drills, is you can see their footwork and you can see how comfortable they are within those formations, right? So like a guy like Ebiketti, I was actually taken back by how smooth he looked within the drills. Like some guys look really stiff and they might even have better times, but they 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 just look like they're having a hard time. Ebiketti looked effortless. He looked so good. And I happen to like him. Now, is he a first round guy? No. But what I if the Jets came away with, like, let's say Kayvon Thibodeau, just as an example for the first round, and in the second round or the third round, we get Ebiketti, I would be ecstatic. Ebiketti's no uh, joke. Yeah, it's weird. There's, like, some depth there, but I just can't get over, like, not going edge in the top ten. And, like, it would probably have to be a double-dip situation for me, kind of like what Greenbean's saying right here. Uh, Thomas says guys can we please squeeze in troy anderson i am smitten who's troy anderson troy anderson is a is a linebacker i don't know anything about him could you fill me in if you uh, have watched anything yeah i have it's been a minute since i did the troy anderson stuff but yeah i like him a whole bunch he's probably my wa i'm sorry my linebacker like he's probably six seventh something like that He's one of those guys that are going to be a great value pick. And, you know, look, just because you value a guy in the late second, early third round, that kind of a thing, doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that they won't end up having the best career, you know, than the guy with all the intangible, all the great talent and athleticism that you take up top. Some of these guys that you end up getting in the second and third round are actually going to end up being better pros. And I think Troy Anderson has a lot of those uh those traits that could make him come out and be one of those guys but i do think he's gonna he might go in the second but i i could see him going in the third round um but yeah man i like him uh landon comes in says who is someone you're worried the jets reach for as in who's someone completely off your board that you're concerned jet staff may like it would be a defensive tackle for me. I really don't want to go defensive tackle. I don't want to go safety like in the first round. Like if Hamilton's the pick at 10, I could I could understand it as long as Edge is the pick at four, but I I would I would be concerned to go defensive tackle or safety. Safety in the first round, defensive tackle in the top two rounds. Uh, because like Greenbean mentioned earlier in the stream, I think we have some good depth there. And to use a premium pick on that sort of, you know, maybe minimizes that. Uh, Greenbean, is there anyone in particular that you hope the Jets don't reach for that you think we may like? Reach? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about some of the defensive tackles. I also don't want an offensive tackle up top. I would really prefer that we didn't go offensive line in the first round. That's mm-hmm. it's not that I don't love offensive line, but I'm hoping that we feel comfortable enough that we can take fourth round offensive linemen and use the pipeline for a year, develop these guys and start mm-hmm. to have that going. Like we've used a lot of firsts, not a lot, but two out of the, you know, our first two years in Joe Douglas's uh, career here. Uh, using two thirds. Two of, you you got to think we gave one, up the two thirds. Third. No, didn't we give up two thirds to, to get No, ABT? you're right. Yes, yes, right. We used – fair point, man. So mm-hmm. we've used two firsts, two thirds, and a fourth on offensive linemen so far since Joe, in the draft since Joe Douglas has been here. Now, but when you look at the first, we've had three. 
All right. Two in one year and two, two of those were offensive linemen. So uh, I think it was necessary. I'm glad that he did it. But now it's to the point where our offensive line is, is at least filled with starters, right? Potentially great starters, some of them. So I would like, I would really be disappointed if we mucked up the works and brought in a tackle. And now we got to figure out who's going to play and either our top five pick could be sitting for a year. I mean, if they do it, they do it. But I, that would be something I hope we avoid. I'd like to see our top five and top 10 pick uh, go toward immediate impact. Yeah, I, that that's a good point. Offensive line for me is one I don't want to touch. Center's the only one I could see them pulling the trigger on uh, realistically in a trade-down scenario or maybe a slight trade-up at the tail end of the first for like a Linderbaum or a Zion Johnson because I do think they could flip McGovern for a fourth-round pick. And I do think that there's some level of, I don't want to say disdain, but I think there's some level of, you know, irritation within the organization as to how McGovern handled Zach Wilson getting hit, along with the rest of the offensive line. Like, that's why we were targeting the big nasties in free agency. So I, I'm right there with you. I don't want to see a strength taken in the first round when we have so many other needs. You can get four position yeah. starters uh, as well. Jake totally. drops in says, uh, I read an article earlier this week that Traylon, Bur Tra Traylon Burks is a boar hunter. Given our rich history with boar hunters, does this move him your board? Does this move him up your board? I have no idea. Who's a boar hunter for us? <laughs> I have no idea what he's talking about. Like an actual boar hunter? I think that's what he's talking about. Unless he's just talking about like the Razorbacks, you know, being, you know, a boar. I think that's what they are, right? That's like a oh, wild pig right. is a razorback. Uh, no, let me so. see. Uh, love for hog hunting, not necessarily boars, wild hogs, right? So, no, that does very, very little for me, actually. I have no I idea like what that means. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just like he's, he goes out there and he hunts. Like, I don't know. That doesn't do anything for me. I don't care if he does women's hair on the side, <laughs> if he can play football. You know what yeah, I mean? Dude. <laughs> well, so that's the thing with Traylon Burks is like everyone's going to get wrapped up in the RAS score. And, and, you know, I don't want to call it a slow 40, but a five, four, five, five was, you know, maybe a concerning thing based on what his play speed looked like. Um, but yeah, I think all of all, a lot of Jet fans were on Traylon Burks at number 10 potentially for a long, long time. Uh, I just question if Douglas will pull the trigger based on his drafting history the last two years taking guys of at least a nine RAS score with the exception being Elijah Moore, who was an eight, six when Traylon Burks, what was he a seven or was he a high sixes with his RAS score? I don't remember what it was, but it, it would break the mold of Joe Douglas's drafting pattern to select him. Uh, but he definitely feels like a Debo Samuel, like a, uh, an AJ Brown body type kind of bigger guy. So does the, does the boar hunting do anything for me? No. Not Nothing. Hazy <laughs> uh, Jets says, if they uh, if they both fell to 35, would you take Trevor, uh, sorry, Tyler Linderbaum or Zion Johnson? Oh, man. Um, hmm. Ooh. That's take a tough Zion. question. I think I would take Zion. I, and it's not yeah. anything against you know, Tyler Linderbaum, but I think the positional flexibility, uh, positional flexibility is definitely there for the New York Jets with Zion. They got to see him at the senior bowl. And I think, uh, you know, it almost 
puts into place like a little bit of a, a what if just in case Tomlinson or someone else goes down. Like you kind of have that little versatility. And I said it before, Linderbaum is really light, really light um, for a center. And that doesn't always work out. Um, so I could see some question marks. If they both fell, I think you're right. I think I would go Zion. Um, yeah, I'd be totally happy with uh, Linderbaum, though. Totally oh, well, happy. that's just it, too. Like, yeah, if we selected him, I'd be jumping up and down. <laughs> it's like, either way, I'd be excited. I think Zion might be more of a shock to Jet fans, and you'd see a lot of people angry that we didn't take the quote-unquote best center in Linderbaum, but I could see the Jets liking Zion more. Um, Philip drops in. Philip says, I think Elijah Moore is the second best receiver out of last year's draft class behind Jamar Chase. I don't, I don't think I can say that right now. Uh, if he stays healthy and we see like year two out of him uh, with a, a competent Zach Wilson, then yeah, I, I think Elijah Moore can be that good for sure. Um, but I think it, it'd be hard pressed to say, well, he didn't say wide receiver. <laughs> so I would say Jamar Chase. I would say Kyle Pitts. Uh, and then you're probably looking at like Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. But then after those three, I'd probably say Elijah Moore, unless I'm missing someone. Any other receivers you think, you know, Elijah Moore might be behind in terms of last year's draft? Um, yeah, I, think I mean, he's I definitely think, ahead of Tony. Well, maybe. Um, I think he's better. I mean, I thought Elijah Moore was going to be. We didn't even talk about him too much because I thought he was going to be gone. You know what I mean? I was like, that. Would, that was just a guy I thought was going mid first round. Or so. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, hold on one second. Hold on. I'm sorry. Oh, it's all right. Dude, I had a – I'm just going to talk right now. So the wide receiver position, I didn't even have that on my radar in the second round because we had just drafted Denzel Mims, who was coming off a pretty you know decent season yeah. uh, with Adam Gase. We just brought in Keelan Cole. We brought in Corey Davis. I had no idea we were going to go wide receiver in the second round at, by any stretch of the imagination. So I was totally, like, blown back from that. And we'll get Green Bean's thoughts in just a second. You guys in the chat, uh, Jets Forever just snapped after that Tyler Linderbaum take. Uh-oh, what did he say? Jets Forever. Linderbaum is arguably the best player in this draft, best center to ever play. He is incredibly talented. But I can understand people wanting... Zion, specifically the Jets, who got to see him at the Senior Bowl, who played him at center, who intervi interviewed Linderbaum as well. Um, if they pull the trigger on Zion, it's because they have enough knowledge on the two of them. So I, I would trust the move for sure. Uh, HMI, HMNI Kadoza says Kenyon Green is more versatile. I completely agree. I think Green is probably the most versatile offensive lineman in this entire draft. Uh, does he make it to 34? for uh sorry 35 or 38 it's possible i've seen him fall that far i would like that would be interesting i still think the need would be center so i would probably err on the side of linderbaum or zion over green but his positional flexibility would be something special i just think you know what you got in avt you're hoping lakin is the guy for the next three years so plugging in a guy that projects as a, a guard at the next level and only played, I think, one snap at center in Kenyon Green. Um, maybe isn't the, the best route they go. Um, NFL Chaos with Jeremy says, when Green Bean comes back, let's all act like Debo was traded to us. <laughs> I'm not doing that to him. 
that would that would be really funny though. Uh, Alexander well, says, I if can you're hear worried... you all, so I'm listening oh, to yeah. you all the time. He's, he's got the so It's not going to work. Oh, my God. Devo <laughs> yeah. was just trying. <laughs> Sorry. I had, like, literally a fist fight in the neck. I could. It was like shit was falling off the walls. <laughs> so I was like, I, I, I have to address this. <laughs> Drop the hammer, Sorry. Green Bean. That's right. I love it. So, so Philip was asking Elijah Moore is the second best receiver in this draft class behind Jamar Chase. If if you're talking about last year's draft class, is that where you would kind of peg Elijah Moore, or or what receivers would you put ahead of him? Well, I mean, look, if we're just looking at what they've done, you know, uh, so far, Jalen Waddle's kind of hard to argue that he's better than Elijah Moore. It's also Devonta Smith. You know, he's another one. Obviously, Jamar Chase. I mean, I have hope for Elijah Moore, and I'll be real honest. I liked Elijah Moore more than I liked Jalen Waddle because we were talking about the injuries and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought Jalen Waddle, and he still may. I'm not rooting for this, but I think that he's going to have injury concerns uh, throughout his career. But interestingly enough, the guy I thought was a safe pick, Elijah Moore, ended up having. Uh, more injury concerns than Jalen Waddle, but like Devonta Smith, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, uh, Kadarius Tony looked really good for a minute there, and he mm-hmm. kind of settled down. Um, but yeah, I would say those three—not Kadarius Tony—it's arguable, but I would say those three are definitely right now better than Elijah Moore. Uh, but let me see another one. Uh, Terrace Marshall's another one that could be uh, mm-hmm. thought of as better. I mean, he had the Sam Darnold thing last year. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'd say, I mean, he's among the, he's among the top, but again, he had three injuries last year. So it's why I feel like it's so important to bring someone in. We don't know what Mims in. I, I, or Mims is, I have every confidence in Denzel Mims and I'm, and I can't wait to laugh at all you guys when, when he, when you, it's like, dude, give you, you give a guy three years in the NFL. You know what I mean? That's just normal stuff. I can't wait to laugh at everybody when he comes back and he and whether it's with the Jets or not, he's not a bust um, and everything. But that all aside, like Elijah Moore, as good as I think he is, I think he can absolutely light it up. I'm worried about him, man. Three year, three injuries his rookie year is not good, and uh, and I'm concerned because he's he's going to be our number one weapon in my opinion. Yeah, I think he's wide receiver one for us for sure. The guy's just got so much yeah. talent. I love his personality too. Like I really like Elijah Moore. I love watching him and Michael Carter, you know, palling around with all the receivers and everything like that. Like I I really like the chemistry that's going on with this team right now, and Elijah Moore is 100% one of the reasons for that. Uh Dom, our buddy Dom drops in with a super chat. He says Troy Anderson. Oh, he's giving us the scouting report. I love it. Troy Anderson, former quarterback/running back. Most athletic linebacker in the class, 4-4 speed, still learning how to play linebacker, gets eaten yeah. up at the point of attack, not a three-down player right now, will kill it in the nickel-dime sets and on special teams. So that's an interesting yeah. thing to have because special teams has been something that we have prioritized. We got to see um, Justin Hardy. Justin Hardy? No. Who was the guy that we brought in as the the, uh, the gunner last year? It's Hardy. Why am I screwing up? Yes, the first yeah, name? just yeah, yeah, yeah. It no, is right. Justin. Okay, I don't know yeah, why yeah. I'm thinking Greg Hardy was the <laughs> was the bad one. Um, yeah, no, I. So, man, interesting. Where do, do we, Dom? Do you know where you think he's gonna go? Like draft grade, like round wise. 
I'll try to keep an eye on the chat. Do you have any uh, any thoughts on Domsey's scouting report? I know he's done a bunch of scouting stuff for you, Greenbean, and you speak very highly of Dom. This guy knows his stuff. I should speak highly of him? Is that what you said? <laughs> I said I, I'm sure you would speak highly of Dom C. Because yeah, he does yeah, all Dom knows his shit. You. Yeah, Dom does. You guys know Dom C is GreenBeanJetsFan.com's uh, draft specialist. And he knows his shit, man. And, uh, and he's a good guy to listen to. And he was talking about a lot of the guys that we're now talking about now. Dom C was writing about them two months ago, telling us to keep an eye out and the reasons why. And then the NFL and their media, it took two more months to get to those guys. Dom C was way ahead of the curve on that stuff, man. I'm very proud to be able to work with Dom C. We got to do, we got to do another one of those. Was it a mock draft we did? Or what did we do on your channel? What, the contest? Last year with Dom? Yeah, the big, yeah. The, for, yeah, the contest. Right. That was good. That was great. That was the first time I met Domsey. Great dude. Yeah, that's right. Uh, all right. We got Donald. What's up, dude? Uh, he says KT or Jermaine Johnson at four, Jamison Williams at number 10, safety and linebacker in the second round, double down at wide receiver in the third or fourth for depth, backup O tackle, bruiser running back. And depth for rounds four, five, and six. Um, yeah, edge rusher at four. You got me signed up. I like both those guys a lot. That's. I think it's going to come down to one of those two players, honestly. Jamison Williams, I think, is the receiver to take at 10 if you're going to take one. I think he strikes fear in the heart of defenses. No questions asked. Safety in the second round and linebacker in the second round do feel like the sweet spots for those two positions. I think you're going to get elite talents at both those uh, slots at 35 and 38. I don't know if I would double down at receiver. I, if, as weird as it sounds, like, I just think we're going to use the tight end sets. We got the running backs. You now have Barrios, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, and whatever receiver, Jamison Williams. That's five receivers right there before you wind up bringing in another guy. So I don't think I would double down at receiver. That's where I would start to look running back. And I've said it before, James Cook, Dalvin Cook's brother, is so good. He jumps farther, higher, runs faster than Dalvin Cook. Uh, he doesn't seem quite as thick in the legs as Cook was coming in. Uh, I think he's probably a little bit more of a bulldozer back, Dalvin Cook was, uh, as compared to James Cook. But James Cook, you can line up in like the slot, have him come out of the backfield, or line him up wide. Like This is a guy that can absolutely catch a slant and friggin' take off. Really like James Cook. <laughs> so I would love to get him in the mid-rounds. Uh, but I think Greenbean and I are on the same page as far as backup offensive tackle. A little bit later, I think Joe Douglas should earn his stripes as an offensive line scout without having to trade assets and uh you know take high first round pick offensive lineman i think he he's skilled enough to to be able to hit on these guys i think we would have seen that with cam clark unfortunately it just didn't work out um and then yeah i like depth in the the back end of uh of the roster for four or five for rounds four five six assuming we get a six round pick in there um yeah it's almost like the opposite of what we did last year offense heavy in the beginning depth for defense in the back end we're going to go defense heavy this year we're going to go offensive depth on the back end Greenbean, your thoughts on Donald's uh, mock draft here? Uh, linebacker, yeah, safety, totally. Uh, I'm totally with it. I'm totally double. I don't want to double down with. I don't think we need to double down at wide receiver. Um, I mean, we could. You know, if we do, I'd I'd rather see it like in the fourth, 
Uh, one of these guys that's a little bit of a project but has the talent. They can play special teams and stuff for a year mm -hmm. or two. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't want to use too much premium cap a capital on the same position unless it's edge. That's mm -hmm. That I'd be fine with. Fucking somebody brought up using four and ten on edge rushers. I said, I'm not the way I'd go, but man, would I be like, I'd be instantaneously angry and looking for a fist fight. That's how I, that's what it would do to me. I'd be like, all right, we got to go find a fight. Like, that's how it would stir something deep in my past. You know what I mean? Two edge oh. rushers. Let's go kill somebody. I, but, uh, so so that's something interesting I want to I want to talk about and I, I saw Dom C's comment he says uh Troy Anderson uh third round he says Ryan most likely possibly late right. second um yeah I, I have to watch tape on him to to know if he's someone I'd, I'd want to pull the trigger on if he's a converted quarterback running back like how long has he played I, I like the upside but I guess I just want to know you know a little bit a uh, little bit. Yeah, I mean, right. Well, there's a bunch of re like like Dom said, there's a lot of reasons why he may end up being this is exactly what I was saying. He could be one of those guys that ends up being one of the better linebackers in this class, but it's not happening right away. It's not. So mm -hmm. that's why you don't use a first. Like you said, maybe a late second. If so, you know, one of those teams, they, they're already good with linebacker and they see it and they just said, hey, you know, I'm going to lose him. I want to get him in. But for a team like us, we need some impact now. I would not if, – if we could get him in the third or if we slip to the fourth, totally. But, uh, yeah, I see him going in the third too. That's that's what I think because of that. he's going to take a minute. Uh, so I want to get your thoughts. You, you brought it up very briefly with uh, taking two edges at four and ten. Uh, and I'm going <laughs> to – was that a like you wouldn't – you don't like it or you want to kill someone meaning like, Hey, we're going to like, like our defense is going to go kill someone. Like, like, like how, it how would, would... It, yeah, no, it would make me feel like a Viking. You know what I mean? Like I'm instantaneously tapping into my primal nature of like, you know, killing quarterbacks. Like, again, do I think we should maybe not, but if they decided to just nail down the edge, like we're going to get two of the top five edge rushers in this class, and we're going to make sure our edge position, our pass rush is intact. It would stir up my inner animal in a very, very positive way. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, if there's a situation where we go double dip at edge, I feel like it's probably first and second round. But if we did go first, like number four, number 10, I would imagine that would look like Trayvon Walker and Carl Loftus or Trayvon Walker and Jermaine Johnson because you got that positional flexibility that's like D-tackle, D-end with Walker with the freakish upside while also kind of hedging your bets with someone that kind of complements Carl Lawson in Johnson or Carl Loftus. Um, I wouldn't hate it. It's definitely not the direction I want to go or would think to go, but it's not as crazy upon like second review. It's not. Now think about it like, all right, let's say you don't use four and 10, but you use four and 35 because somebody that's not mm -hmm. supposed to be there is there in a similar way to how Elijah Moore or T Higgins or Michael Pittman or any of these guys slip through every mm -hmm. year. Every year, man, there's guys that do. We are in that prime spot last year, even a little bit better. We were at 33, 
But 35 is that prime spot, man, that you're going to be right there with a net for guys who shouldn't be there, but they're going to slide through. Imagine getting a Boye Mafe after getting a Kayvon Thibodeau. Mm -hmm. Imagine. Or, or well, whoever, you know? That's exactly who what I was going to say. It, like someone that was at the Senior Bowl that we have inside knowledge on, I think yeah. us having the Senior Bowl knowledge is just something that we shouldn't take for granted. And we're going to hit on guys a little bit later in the draft that other teams would not have hit on because we had that knowledge of seeing those guys for that whole week. And Boye Mafe is absolutely one of those players to keep an eye on at the top end of the second round. Dude, defensive MVP, man. You know what I mean? Shit. I would love it, dude. And that's the thing. Like, as much as I don't want to see them go interior, like, it's the, it's the one position on our team that even though we could conceivably use somebody there, you know, we've put a lot of assets into it. We have the third overall pick there. We just gave JFM a bunch of money. We just signed Solomon Thomas, um, you know, who's a good rotational guy. We have Sheldon Rankins, who we're paying, you know, $6 million or whatever it is, $5, 6000000 million to. We have, um, you know, we re-signed Nathan Shepard. We have uh, a six-round pick last year. Like, we have a nice rotation there. There are other places on our team that have nothing. Like mm -hmm. linebacker, we have C.J. Mosley. Yes, they like Sherwood. We don't know what the hell he is. Yes, they have Nasruddin. We have no idea what he is. Quincy Williams, I don't know, looks like a rotational guy to me. You know, um, so there are places on our team that we don't have any star power. And it's like, I don't know. But if they decided to, Ryan, like, let's say they mm -hmm. go Thibodeau and then they decide to get Devontae Wyatt and say, mm -hmm. you know what? We're going to kill quarterbacks this year. That's what we're going to. Would I be mad at it? No, because it's I know what it's going to give us the potential to be. So I don't know. Think about Carl Lawson, Kayvon Thibodeau, Devontae Wyatt and Quinn and Williams. You know what I'm saying? That would be insanity. It is insanity. scary good how how good that could be. <laughs> Whoa! We got Lloyd coming in with a big dick super chat. Thank you so much, brother. Drops 50 bucks. He says, I hate to bring this up, but we have to, uh, but have we operated, operated Quinn and Williams? Have we... Is that the right word? Have we operated Quinn and Williams? He hasn't lived up to his draft pick. Make a lot of excuses for him, but is it time to consider a replacement? I love him, but his production won't meet the contract we uh, he will want. So I think for me, the biggest loss last year in, in losing Carl Lawson and Vinny Curry wasn't from our win perspective, but was for Quinn and Williams. Like, I think we would have seen... Quinnen get unlocked last year with an edge rush that forces quarterbacks to step up into the pocket. I think he is going to feast this year with Lawson and whoever our edge rusher is coming off the other side. And I think we have better defensive tackles right now than we did last year. And you kick John Franklin Myers inside too. I really think Quinnen's going to show out for a, a big year. I could see a 10 plus sack season from Quinnen this year. Greenbean, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I think the thing about what Lloyd is saying is like, I mean, the good news is we don't have to talk about this this year. Like he's on the team. Um, you know, don't forget, he's also, we, he was first year in the defense last year. So he's had a kind of a, he's had the same rocky start as the rest of the Jets. Like we had Adam Gase. We had the war between Adam Gase and Greg Williams. Like we had the whole thing. And the truth is the last two years, he's had 50 plus tackles and he's had, 
Uh, I think he had six or seven sacks last year, but um, he also had well-timed sacks, third and mm-hmm. short, fourth down, things like that. So I think Quinnen, he also had 15 or something quarterback hits, uh, lots of pressure. So I don't think that he's met his third overall draft status. I totally agree. At the same time, he's definitely a valuable player, and he's still so young. He's 24 years old, and uh, there's a there's still a lot of meat on the bone. So good news is we don't have to worry about him this year. He's here, you know. So just like you said, I think if we finally give him some other guys on the team that the defense has to think about, not Bryce Huff and Shaq Lawson types, um, somebody that they actually have to consider doubling, I think Quinton Williams is going to do a lot better. Yeah, it's like going to be it. fascinating to see what winds up happening because if he had the big year that I thought he was going to have last year with Lawson and Curry, I think we would be talking potential uh, extension this offseason because of all the money that we have. I think it's, you know, I don't think we're in a situation like with Leonard Williams. Leonard, did we have, did we trade him going into his fifth year or did we trade him at the, the deadline before. of his fifth year? We traded him right before his contract year. So I think it was his fourth year, right? So we drive to 15, 16, 17. I, I don't well, know. I think it was but, his uh, fifth year. I he, think that's what wound he, up happening because we knew he was going to walk. And didn't the... Let me see. Hold on. Yeah, now I don't know. Because now, because I feel like the Giants did give him the fifth year option and then franchise tagged him almost like that. Like for some reason, that's sticking out to me. Or maybe it was the franchise tag after the season. Yeah, they traded the picks, they gave up the franchise tag, and then they signed him to a monster deal. That's what it was. He yeah. got like twenty million yeah. a year. Yeah, he was with us for five years. Yeah, and then the fifth year at the deadline was when he was moved. It was like like week before or something like that. Right, right, and he had. Uh five zero sacks that year we traded him with zero sacks then the next year he had half one half sack then he had his the the last year that contract year 11.5 million i'm sorry sacks and then they paid him 21 million dollars a season and he went back to normal leo six sacks six and a half six and a half that was wild. There's no way he should have gotten that contract. I mean, I like him too, and I'm all for players He's getting solid. money, but that that did not – that was a great trade by Joe Douglas. And that's why it you kind of like – as frustrating as it is being Jet fans and like, you know, not – I understand people not wanting to draft defense because we've drafted defense for like 15 years. But when you wind up trading away guys like Leonard Williams and Jamal Adams and those guys that you spent top defensive picks on and other guys that didn't earn second contracts with us – that you spent high first round picks on aren't here. Like your 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 defense yeah. is just gone. So we needed to rebuild it. Totally, man. And that's the thing. Like when you look at the the positive of Leo is that he's healthy. Most mm-hmm. of the I mean he's like almost never injured and he's always at least solid. Like he's a mm-hmm. solid player. Again, he was supposed to be the best player in the draft. And he's mm-hmm. never I mean that one year with the Giants that got him paid was his best year. Mm. Um, But the thing is, like, when Joe Douglas is looking at these guys, Leo Williams, Jamal Adams, they were supposed to be the core, the foundation. Mm -hmm. And he's looking at them and saying, meh, not really. I'd rather get what I can for these guys before I have to pay them or end or get nothing Mm -hmm. and then actually build a team with real core players like a Zach Wilson, hopefully, an AVT 
a Makai Becton, those types of guys, at least those are his shot at building. And he's got two firsts this year. But so he can set a foundation. Sam Donald was not it. Now, we got to give Joe Douglas credit. That was a tough decision last year. Mm-hmm. He knew it. As soon as Flacco came in and threw for 300 yards in that mm-hmm. game when Sam couldn't get 100, uh, he knew Sam Donald was gone. Jet Nation was split down the middle fighting about Sam mm-hmm. versus a trade or whatever. And Joe Douglas had the balls to do that, man. And look at the Panthers. We avoided that. That would be the mm-hmm. position we are in. You know what I mean? They're committed yeah. to his fifth year. They got to pay him $20 million or so. And they're looking for a quarterback. They're probably going to take a quarterback with the one friggin' pick they have. They have a first round pick, and then their next pick is like 146 or something like that. It's a cop pick in the fourth round. <laughs> it's yeah. like way late. Like, oh, dude, you so, guys screwed right. up. You see, so that's the Panthers. That's the way we used to be run. Going for it, trading this and that. They traded a fourth for, uh, I think it was a fourth, for Stefan Gilmore. They rehabbed him and lost him for nothing. That was the Jets forever. Instead, we're sitting here with two firsts, two seconds, two fourths, two fifths. We, we, we had a whole bunch of money to, to, to bring in a Pro Bowl guard and and two, two good tight ends and a young up-and-coming safety and a quarterback. Like, that's the difference. That's the difference. Now, will it work? We don't know, but that's the difference. We used to be what the Panthers were doing and screwing themselves and still know better. They have this fucking sixth overall pick. How great is that? Instead, we're here with at least the assets to turn it around. Smart. Uh, AZ Jets comes in, says, please, JD, no defensive tackle in the draft. Not needed. Draft one inside linebacker. I think we're definitely getting a linebacker. As much as they, they say they believe in Quincy Williams and they like C.J. Mosley, C.J. Mosley is more than likely gone after this season unless he renegotiates his contract to come down pretty low. Um, I shouldn't even say pretty low, but at least like within a reasonable you know number uh, given the production we've, we've gotten out of him since, <laughs> since signing that contract. Uh, I want, you guys know, I want N'Kobe Dean. Um Defensive tackle, though, it's it's one of those areas that I know Joe Blewett's big on. I'd love to get his thoughts on now, because I don't know if I've talked to him since we signed Solomon Thomas, if that changes his his mindset at all on, on the defensive tackle early, or if he's still like, hey, we still need someone on a young four-year contract. Um, but yeah, AZ Jets, uh, I'm with you. I don't want to see the uh, the defensive tackle early in this draft at all. Yeah, me neither. Like, you know, we talked about it and we explored a little bit. That's the funny thing. Like, this is what I try to get across to Jets fans. The fact that we talked about the potential of drafting a defensive tackle doesn't mean that we that's what we think. It's like we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. People get so bent out of shape. No, wide receiver! Like, that's it. They can't talk about anything else. It's like, all right, well, we're exploring it. Hey, maybe we stumble on something that is a good idea. We, You know, it's fun. This is the fun stuff exploration not picking one guy and and uh and arguing about him for six months you know yeah but i hope that they don't do that as well i mean if they do they do but that's i'm hoping i'd rather go two edges than an edge and a and a dt uh talking jets with tygo says debo's brother has come out and said his comment was a joke yeah it's it's one of those things like hey i'm gonna put this out here and it's like "Uh uh-oh his agent got mad at me (laughs) I shouldn't have said that. There goes right. the leverage. That was the, uh, I I don't know. I think he said it 
meaning it, and I think someone got in his ear and was like, hey, shh. What do you think, Green Bean? Yeah, that's, I, I agree with you. That's all that means. That's all, all that means is he got yelled at. You go back there and fix this. What is wrong with you? What is the matter with you? You know? <laughs> I Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's like you're, you could possibly be costing us money. You're throwing uh, everything in the uh, – throwing us off. Throwing us off. Right. Uh, Jet Show drops in with a $5 ship chat. There he is. Thank What's you. up, Mr. Show? What's up, dude? I did not see a comment attached to that, but your generosity is much, yeah, uh, much every, appreciated. Yeah, everybody go support Mr. Show at the Jet Show on YouTube. Good dude. Hell yeah. We like him. Like him over yeah, there. Yeah, all, all our Jet comments. Like yeah, right. we got a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of Jet guys that wind up popping in here. Um, I love it. I mean, you're all Jet fans, but... I, Guys that feel like they might have a channel. I haven't actually clicked on the Jet Show, so I don't actually know, you know, what's going on yet. Yeah, he's pretty new. Uh, yeah, yeah I've, been him, I've, I've been seeing him. I've been seeing him pop up a lot the last few weeks uh, with yeah. our, with our streams. Seems like he knows what's going on. Talking Jets totally. with Tigo too is another guy. Right guy on. We just had right on. Yeah. Speaking of that, drops another comment. He says, "I said that because I think exactly that." The agent and Debo called him and was like, you fix that stuff now. I think we get news Friday about Debo requesting a trade. Yeah, I think it's going to have to happen before the draft because I think there's a real shot the Jets are targeting Jamison Williams at 10, and I don't think they're going to take him if – well, you're not going to take him there, I don't think, if you wind up signing Debo. Um, but I think the Jets are going to want to know their wide receiver decision prior to, to that first round. Uh, of the draft edward drops in seven or 11 months of membership thank you dude for supporting the channel for every month that you're a member of the channel you get yourself a, a free super chat so he says i think mims will be physically and mentally ready i hope so dude I, that draft yeah. when we saw him get taken we were all so excited we thought he could have been a tail end of the first round type of wide receiver totally. and we got him at like the middle to back end of the second round and it just, you know, even with Adam Gase, it was like, wow, this guy, like, has some talent. And we're just not using him. And then last year, we just kind of, like, I, I mean, and try to get in the head of Denzel Mims, right? Like, you're, you go in and you're like, okay, I'm going to be the top dog next year. Oh, wait, they trade for Corey Davis. Or uh, they, they sign Corey Davis. Oh, they go out and they get Keelan Cole. Oh, they go and they, they draft Elijah Moore higher than me. Then you go into training camp or, you know, mini camp or whatever, and you get food poisoning from your own facility. Keeps you out. You wind up getting, like, you know, fall behind yeah, in the lose, playbook and then you're just struggling pounds. oh right. dude it like i feel yeah. so bad for denzel mims but like the little bit of time we saw on the field i was so frustrated with everything i saw it drives me up a goddamn wall that we took this guy in the second round and we're still talking receiver in the first round this year after taking a receiver in the second round last year like it just eats me up eats me yeah up. totally it sucks Ugh. if mims comes back and if he plays like we just just as a solid receiver it accelerates everything that we're doing here it sucks yes. that if he if that last year sucked you know what i mean that was tough you know but again there are numerous reasons that you have to overlook to say he sucks numerous reasons you have to ignore a whole bunch of very real stuff and the truth is is if you watch all of his non-ball plays mm. he, he didn't do all that bad last year it was, it was a bad year, but there's many things that he did right last year, too. But on top of that, it's just it was a bad year. 
You know, you got to give young guys a minute, man. You know what I mean? Got to give guys yeah, we a minute. Used to, we used to say wide receivers were three years. That's what you needed to give totally. That three has years. changed a lot in the last few years, but, you know, it, it could still hold true, I think. Uh, Joshua drops in, says, I think Jamian and Hamza are going to be are going to be our tweeners that can run sideline to sideline uh, and need a replacement for CJ Mosley. Love the channel. Thank you, Joshua. Uh, so yeah, I think there's a lot of hope for those guys to be Will linebackers. And I think we're not necessarily settling on them to be that. I think there's the upside and at worst case scenario, you have some solid depth. But I do think that we're we brought in Whitehead for a reason, and I do think we're gonna look safety. I think it's gonna be in the second round. I really think that's the sweet spot. If Brisker's there, I would definitely go after him. Daxton Hill would be a great option. Lewis Seen, um, you know Petrie, who was on our Senior Bowl team. Any one of those guys, I'd I'd look to bring in. But I would say Jamie and Hamsa are probably, you know, I would like to see them maybe more in a depth role with the upside of potentially you know, taking over something. I wouldn't want to try and bank on them doing anything uh, of substance in like a starting caliber capacity rolling into the year. Yeah, Salah seems to like Sherwood. I mean, uh, look, Nasruddin, I mean, he really was the steal of the draft last year. Like mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes, he, he should have gone earlier. Um, but he also didn't necessarily do much last year. But again, First year in a brand new system, changing positions, so we don't know what we have in the guy. But mm -hmm. I tend to feel like you feel. I would hate to depend on them. Now, mm -hmm. at draft at least one solid upper-tier linebacker, and then you can see who out of the other guys is going to step up. But at least you have a partner for C.J. Mosley, so he's not the only guy mm -hmm. out here. All they got to do is look where he is and throw it the other way, and, and they're successful. And it's bullshit, man. He needs to have a partner, somebody that instills fear in the damn offense, you know? Ooh, I see someone in the chat that I want to say hi to, and it's uh, my buddy Jets Fan United. I've been talking with him behind the scenes a little bit. Guy knows his yeah. stuff. Uh, he says, all right, guys, have fun. I'm off. Jets Talk 24-7 and Green Bean. Later, have buddy. a good night. He's really yeah. good. If you guys uh, have not subscribe to him head over and subscribe he's a good dude uh and he's also got some really good insight on his forum jets fans united as well um so definitely something to keep an eye out for totally, um, totally. Yeah, we're, what do you think getting... of quan alexander though what do you think of that oh, we didn't we even talk about that we didn't even How talk, did we about, not quan talk about quan yeah i so he came in for a visit today right that's what that's what we were seeing yeah i like it yeah i really do i he was someone that i thought the jets might have been looking to target in free agency and the fact that it took this long to come in um i'm not necessarily sure what it means like maybe he's willing to take a little bit less because maybe he thinks teams will fill those positions in um in the draft of some capacity i don't know i'm i'm all for it i think bringing in as many 49ers players as possible that robert salad knows like a solomon thomas i think is absolutely the right move to make All right, were you talking to me? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking to everyone, and I'm trying right, to I type didn't, oh, winner. I'm sorry. The, no, it's all right. I'm trying to type winner in the chat, and it's just not working for me. 
Ah, I see. <laughs> so I got what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. What would that put us at? 250. Ah, it's all right. So I got, what is it? Nine? One, two, three, four. We're good. No, I got to get one more. Math is hard. Oh, right, right, right. Math is hard. Let's get one more winner. Oh, Big Green's our, uh, our other qualifier tonight. Okay, okay. All right, guys. If you guys want to get into our t-shirt giveaway, next week, all you have to do is comment on this video down below after the stream is aired. But for tonight, we have Pig Bird Jets Fan, Jets Gang, The Jets Show, Yo It's Vin, NFL Chaos with Jeremy, Rob V, Dark Soldier, J. Cole, Ginpak, and Big Green as our qualifiers. Uh, Green Bean, I'm going to ask you to head over to our last week's Talking Jets panel and give me five names that we could use for our giveaway. Okie dokie. Okie dokie artichokey. Doodles. All Ooh, right. so check this out. I don't know if you guys are golfers at all, but I ordered a new driver um, through TaylorMade. It's the Stealth Driver. So in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, man, this is like a Stealth Bomber. I need this kind of driver right now. Uh, and they gave a custom option that they allowed. Uh, first time they were ever doing it. It's the first carbon fiber-faced driver. So it, most, it used to be made out of wood. That's why it was called a you know driving wood. Then it was, I guess, titanium. And then now everything's going to carbon fiber because it's super light, super strong. And the front face is red on the TaylorMade driver, but you can have a custom color. And I went with a green face on my driver, and it is oh so sexy. <laughs> it looks so good. I left it downstairs. I should have grabbed oh, it. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. dude. I'm not even like a good golfer, but like I, oh, I love me some, some good stuff like that. Rob V says, I'm a two handicap. Let's do this. Rob V, you should totally be in our Talking Jets golf outing when we eventually do it. That's right. We were right. talking about doing one before the draft. We might look to do one before the uh, the NFL season sometime in August uh, is when we're yeah. possibly thinking it. We'll kick it around, see what winds up uh, going on. Greenbean, you got any uh, got any names for me? I do. All right, let's fire go, away. Let's go with Manish Mims. <laughs> huh. I like it. Uh, let's go with Jin Pak. Oh, already got him this week. Okay. Drums. Like it. A speed doctor. Ooh, I don't know if I like a speed doctor. Uh, Russian? don't like him? Okay. Well, but what I if he... Know. No, no, no. I... The user might be fine, but I don't know if I want to go to a doctor that is speedy. Mm. Let's go Ooh, with... Ooh, Dom C says he's playing at mine. Sorry, I, I got a... Uh, Got taken back. He says he's playing in my neck of the woods at Wild Turkey. Ooh. Wild oh. Turkey. It's in pretty good shape. They just aerated uh, last week. So it depends when uh, when you're playing. But Turkey's a good track. Really good track. We get go. a lot of people calling it Turkey Hill. <laughs> the ice cream. Oh, yeah. When they come in. I was just uh -huh. like, ah, that's not what that is. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Uh, I got Manish Mims, drums, Speed Doctor. Fire away. Uh, let's see. Wild Billy Boy. Wild Billy Boy. And I need one more. Oh, Patrick Sullivan. Patrick Sullivan. All right. Green Bean, are you ready for some odds and evens? 
Sure thing. All right. Three, two, one. All right. We got odds. All right. Three, two, one. Odds again. We are down to just three names. So chat, throw up a number for us. The first number I see is going to be the third number we use. Three, two, one. We got a six, and we got a six. We're going evens. Ooh, which means we got one more round because we had three names left, and evens eliminated the middle one. So chat, the first number after that 69 that I see from Merrilla Films. Nope, so it's going to be a three. The Jet Show says three. Um, all right, Green Bean, three, two, one. Got a three and a three. That's an even. Yo, it's Vin. You're going to be our winner for tonight's show. Bam, yo, it's Vin. Who is it? Yo, it's Vin. There you go, yo, it's. Yo, it's Vin. Bam. Yeah. Wow. Reach out to me on social media. We'll get your information. We'll send you a T-shirt, brother. Always good to have you in the chat. Uh, Green Bean, we have reached the end of our stream. Oh, before I Ooh. do that, though, Jeremy Crawford drops in with a $1 super chat. Thank you, Jeremy. Go, Jeremy. Oh, I said Jeremy. Jerry. 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 There you I'm, go, Jerry I'm, Crawford. I'm bad at this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've reached the end of our stream. So, Green Bean, uh, talk to me. Anything you want to uh, say to our panel? Um, I would just love to see people stop being such extremists. Like, I'm not a lover of anything. I'm a consideration guy. That's my whole gig. You guys on the other end of my conversations are taking the extreme point of view. I'm just a cons I just consider things. You can take it and create what you want. Just want to remind you, I'm just somebody who considers ideas. That's it. That said, Come over to see the Thursday Thick of It this Thursday where we can have even more discussions and find out how extreme you are when you won't consider a single thing anyone else says except for your own face. So come on over. It'll be another good time. And Ryan, I love you. And don't forget to hang out with us for three full days at the Talking Jets draft coverage. It's going to be friggin' epic. Kyle Hamilton, coming your way, Jets fans. Oh, Green Bean, you're going to see Matt and I start throwing stuff if that winds up happening. It's going to be uh, hilarious. Green Bean Longcare drops in with a last second super chat, says, I'm tuning in. Just saw on Twitter something about Debo Samuel at the Jets. Uh, hope it's real. Uh, I'll have to do a little bit more research, but I, uh, yeah, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. It seems like he's possibly looking for a trade. Uh, and then Darrell Revis drops in with a super chat, says, man, if we could use Elijah Moore the same way San Francisco uses Debo, man, we could be dangerous, but we must get the wide receiver position right just as much as the edge. Uh, I, I definitely don't see Elijah Moore the same way as Debo Samuel, but I could yeah. understand utilizing him in a like running back wide receiver kind of way. Uh, he's just a little bit smaller than I'd like to have that particular position play. But uh, yeah, dude, if we could get 1,800 yards from Elijah Moore... Ugh. Sign me up. Yeah. Sign dude. me up. No, right. They're very different, but I get it. Right. Totally. Dude, Elijah Moore could be the focus of the offense with the tight ends in the backs being like the outlets, the safety valves. Just get Eli. Let him surgically take the defense mm -hmm. apart 
and get that kid the damn ball. And if he's covered or if it doesn't work, throw it to Conklin and watch him run people over for the tune of 12 yards. And that'll be that. I love it. Boys and girls, it's yeah. been a lot of fun hanging out with you. Make sure you hang out for our draft stream all three days. We're going to be here every minute of the entire draft to see our reactions, to see your reactions, to get all the thoughts with all the all the, the crew of characters we got coming on. We're looking forward to it. But guys, my name is Ryan. This is Jets Talk signing off. J-E-T-S. Where are you going to be on drafting? I don't think people realize just how many people are coming on over these three days. It's nice to know that our general manager actually has a plan. I'm ready. Sorry. <laughs> Jets have four picks in the top 40. This just might be the most important draft in New York Jets history. I can't believe this is our third year doing this. I know. It's like the guest list that we have is anybody and everybody is going to be the biggest one of them all. So it gets bigger every single year. It's awesome. I love it. I can't wait for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.